laugh at this next part. In a world of political correctness and cancel culture, two comedians have risen up to prove that with the right angle, anything can be funny. This is You Can't Laugh at That. Who writes these? Huh? We should have this person locked up and looked at. Live from Golden Ox Studios in Cleveland, Ohio, it's Steve Mers and David Horning on this week's episode. When I stopped doing the clubs, um, probably about a year later, I had a good friend of mine that he's like, hey, this comedy club, they canceled me four weeks out and they want to push me to a week and a half out. And I, I bought my plane ticket for four weeks out. And now I'm going to have to buy a plane ticket that's short notice. So it's going to be extra expensive and cancel the other one and not get my money back. And, and I was like, how disrespectful is that? And he's like, what? He's like, it didn't even dawn on him that that's, that's straight disrespect. Like, you spent money to come do our show, and then now I'm asking you to eat it and spend more money, and you should be happy that I'm giving you this week. Like, what? But we take it on the chin and be like, thank you very much. Can I have another? You know, in the corporate, it's, you know, meet them where they're at and be like, what do you really want? Like, what is going on here? Is this that you had an extra $300 or $500 and you're just like, well, go spend it on something? Or do you actually want me to do something here? Hey, this is David from You Can't Laugh at That. Hey, if you enjoyed listening to this podcast and if you found value in any of the episodes or if you've laughed even once, consider joining our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash you can't laugh pod. Now, these conversations we have with all these awesome comedians typically last about two hours. So there's so much footage we have to cut from every single episode and we hate that we have to cut it. And we don't want it to disappear into the ether, which is why we edit it together into exclusive clips. Some episodes, they're 15 minutes, a half hour of extra footage. Other episodes, it's a little bit shorter. Either way, if you enjoy listening to You Can't Laugh at That, join our Patreon for exclusive access. And thanks for listening to our podcast and supporting comedy, because no matter how weird times get, Remember that you can laugh at that. So what do we come here to talk about again? We're going to talk about the, the <laughs> we're going to talk about corporate comedy. We're going to oh, prove okay. that you can okay. laugh at that. Um, okay. Joining us today is John Garrett. John Garrett is a veteran of stand-up comedy. He's a former CPA. And uh, he is a keynote speaker, event MC, author, podcaster, all that stuff. He's got a podcast called What's Your And? He's got a book also called What's Your And? Um, I read that as What's Your Ampersand? Because why not? And uh, he's also got an album available where you can get albums. It's called Outside the Box. Thanks for joining us today, John. Hey, I'm excited to be here. Thanks, guys. Yeah. I want to dive face first into this uh you're you're i've seen you as you've been at it for a while how long uh, when did you start doing comedy yeah so my first time on stage was february 1st 2000 mm. and the only reason i remember that is because it's 210 um but that was my first uh, open mic at the funny bone in st louis and then um but you know i had the day job and was just doing it for fun and whatever but i went full-time in uh, may of 2005 uh okay. full-time stand-up and then moved to new york uh in 2008 
and uh yeah so a while how long did you uh, stick around the new york scene yeah i was in new york city for almost nine and a half years and then uh, moved to denver about three years ago and uh yeah now it's more of the corporate speaking but i bring that experience from being on stage and doing over 2000 shows uh to that and also uh-huh. some of the funny to that as well um, yeah i would hope so <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. You just got to do it for you and you got to do what you think is funny and what you think is right. And you have to stand up for yourself because that home club is never going to feature you uh, until you go everywhere else and feature. And then you come back almost a headliner and then they'll be like, all right, maybe we'll give you a feature week. And it's like, I've been, man, this is ridiculous. It's yeah. And you, you have to say, I'm not doing that. And you know, or the, the booker that does a one nighter in middle of nowhere. And you're like, you know what? I'm not doing that. I'm not driving uh, six hours round trip with no hotel for a hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. I'm not doing that, you know, yeah. but, but you have to do it in order to say, I'm not now, now I'm not doing that. <laughs> so you, yeah. have to, you have to do it. So you're not above it until you do it a couple of times. And then you're like, yeah, you know what? I'm not doing that, you know, because yeah. uh, there's stage time and then there's good stage time. And that's the thing that I think, like when you're new, it's stage time, just get up there, do stuff. But then you learn really bad habits and, and you learn to like, sometimes the room is just other comedians. So now you're doing jokes that make comedians laugh. Guess who's never going to laugh at that paying customers. <laughs> like yeah. they're just not. So anyway, sorry. I just uh, completely dropped all these bombs right out of the gate. I've clearly <laughs> no, not fine. talked about this in a while. It's good to <laughs> know that like, yeah. stuff though. <laughs> You're just unloading. It's fine. That's fine. <laughs> I, I'm just trying to let people know like that are listening. Like, don't feel like you have to do something because someone sa- said so or you did or whatever. Like, do your own thing, you know? Mm-hmm. That's uh, that's really it. And if you're yeah. not if you're not doing it for you, then why are you you have to be? Because <laughs> there's no one else that you can be doing this for. Right. 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 Sometimes you know you you can smell it out too. Uh once you've done it long enough, like you figure out what's right for you, like what's a good fit for you. At first, you know, you're just taking like, I'll, I'll snag any gig. Like, oh, like I'm right. performing next to an active pool table. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> yeah. oh, I get I get a drink ticket. Cool. Yep. Like, yep. Awesome. Uh, I'm well, gonna, whiskey. Yeah. <laughs> but <Right>. then, <laughs> like, yeah, right. <laughs> Dude. Oh, my Lord. So many, so many crazy shows. Where you're We're just triggering like, him from Nam. Yeah. yeah <laughs> right? Right. right now, I'm just, I remember I did a... Uh, like in, when I lived in Indianapolis, we set up um, a fair amount of open mics around and like at, at uh, bars or uh, like restaurants or almost um, kind of not to the level of New York City, of course, but, you know, just fun shows like uh, five, six times a month and uh, different people rotate through. And uh, we did this one at, at this bar and there was a pool table right in front of the stage. And these two guys would not quit playing pool. And so I was hosting it and I, I just like, just pretty much shredded them. Like I, I, I don't like cuss a lot or I'm not intimidating, but I just like undress them in front of everybody. Well, uh, found out after I walked off stage that they're undercover cops that um, are off duty cops that were none too pleased um, with me. And I'm like, dude, you're shooting pool while show's going on. Not my bad. That's on you. And I've never driven home at the speed limit um until that night like it was yeah. like <laughs> five miles below like you never yeah. like, now nah. but it's just like people are, are it, it, comedy is an art form 
And people are so rude about it. They don't respect how hard it is um, and, and how much skill and talent it takes to do it. Mm-hmm. And, and they take advantage of people that are new or, uh, or not as good. And then they, they just like, they go at you and it's, it's not cool. It's, it's really not like Jimmy Brogan, who was Jay's Jay Leno's right hand for years. He says, you know, you don't go to the ballet and trip the ballerina, mm-hmm. you know, nobody, nobody wants to see that. Mm-hmm. And, and, and nobody wants to see a heckler. That's not part of it. It's just, if people are comedy fans and are listening, don't do that. It's stupid. Like yeah. it's, it's yeah. just stupid. Yeah. You should have uh, showed up at a crime scene where those cops are and poked the corpse. Right. <laughs> How do you <laughs> like it? <laughs> right. Start heckling them. Boo. <laughs> you don't even know how to zip the body bag. You guys suck. <laughs> <laughs> the zipper gets caught. Right. Yeah. <laughs> no, do you have a paper clip? Right. Yeah. <laughs> even if That's it's funny. just like a mundane show at some bar at the lowest level uh, that is possible, it's still like going up there and grabbing the guitar out of the guy's hand and throwing it on the ground. Yeah. Yeah. And that's still super rude. Oh yeah. Uh, no, so, it's disrespectful. Yeah. I mean, that's like my, my maybe like shopping carts being left in a grocery parking lot. Mm. That's like oh high God. on my list, but, but uh, you know, a heckler getting on a, a newer comedian or somebody that maybe they know they're not good. They know they're new. Like you don't have to tell them. I mean, it's just mm-hmm. like there's a guy Phil Hunt who lives in New York City now. He's really really funny. And one of his first times on stage in Indianapolis, um, I happened to be um, in town, and so I went to the open mic, try out some new stuff. And so Phil went up, and and um, somebody in the audience was just nonstop berating him. And so I was up next, and. Uh, my stuff's all clean and I'm not very aggressive. Like, I mean, I'll, I'll tear you a new one, but it's like not on purpose. I don't want to do that. Like I, I view people have people's lives suck outside of the comedy club. You're here to laugh and forget that. And if mm-hmm. I could be a piece of your life, not sucking for a little bit, then that's pretty awesome. Well, when you rip Phil like that, and I, I barely knew Phil, but like, that's, you don't do that. So I was next and I took my whole seven minutes and just, unloaded on this guy like mm-hmm. all the comedians come in from the bar like oh my god what garrett's yeah. ripping somebody what is that yeah. like i i actually told the guy I, I i did everything you should not do i was like dude you think you're funny here okay why don't you come up here and then i'll give you the mic and then i'm gonna sit in the front row and then uh <laughs> and so then it, i like what you do never do never yeah, ever right. do so yeah, he yeah. comes up i give him the mic i sit in the front row and i he goes i can be funny about anything i go really I go, uh, what did I say? I said something like, uh, it was like abortion and something else. It was like two, like what? And uh, <laughs> I think I said like racist abortions or something. And, uh, yeah. and so right, he, he couldn't even get in like two words. I was like, you suck. You're yeah. dead. What? Loser. Like just heckled yeah. him just nonstop. And then I just yeah. walked out and go, it's not that easy, is it, buddy? Yeah, why don't you just sit down with your Cosby sweater and shut your mouth? Like, yeah. and, and like, I mean, the comedians were like, what? And mm-hmm. Phil, I had forgotten the story until Phil, uh, I saw him in New York. And he's like, remember that time? And I was like, oh, man, you're right. I'm surprised I didn't get knifed. Like, that was crazy. <laughs> like, why yeah. did I do that? Yeah. But, but yeah, I mean, that's, it's just, you know, you you really got to just do it for you and stick up for yourself and just, you know, when you're bombing. So just mm-hmm. keep going, do your time, try something out learn record it don't do that again 
know, mm-hmm. it's that easy. Yeah, like you said, you know, these people, the, their lives suck, you know, they're, and, <laughs> and the guy, especially that guy, you know, somebody who's willing to, to ruin somebody else's night for their own benefit. Like it's got to suck doubly. So it's like, how do you put him in his place, but at the same time still make his night not suck? Like as much as the rest of his life. Well, I I, I think his life is still sucking because I was, whew, it was brutal. <laughs> He's thinking about that right now. He's like rocking back and forth. And it was brutal. I was like, man, it was, yeah, he probably is. He's probably got my picture on the wall somewhere yeah. with like, yeah, like that Sandler movie with mm-hmm. Steve Buscemi's like putting on the lipstick <laughs> with the gun. Like he got the hit list. Like, yeah. You can't laugh at that. What's your and that? Um, it's all about how our personal interests improve our work performance, uh, our, the workplace culture and the relationships that we have. Now I have a habit of, of making analogies, uh, to stand up comedy. How would you relate like personal interest to improving your game as a, as a writer, as a performer and, uh, improve your relationship with an audience while you're on stage too. So like your passion, your, your personal interest, how does that Sure, absolutely. Yeah, because I mean, when I was a, a CPA as an accountant, you know, my and was doing stand up, you know, I was an accountant and a comedian. I mean, I, I do think that, um, you know, when you're a comedian, uh, having real world work experience and real world relationship experience, like real world experience um, is super, super important because the audience is living in that world. So, uh, you know, you, you have to be relatable and you have to do material that, that they can get. Um, so, you know, if, if you, if you just do jokes about what it's like to be a comedian or, I mean, you know, I, I used to live in New York city and then people would go on the road and be like, yeah, those audiences really, really hard. Well, yeah, they've never been on a subway. Like they don't, they've never seen the Brooklyn bridge. They don't know what you're talking about. Um, and, and so, you know, having a regular job and doing comedy at night, is, is great because you get a steady paycheck and benefits and normal things. Um, but it also gives you things that relate to the audience because those people are, are living in that world. And, and you have to do material that at least starts in their world. And then you can take them on that journey to your crazy land, but you have to start where they're at. Um, and I mean, I, I think, especially for the most part, I mean, there, there's some random one-offs of, you know, famous comedians that we've all heard of that have done that well. But, um, but for the most part, it's, it's being relatable. Mm-hmm. And so I, I really do think that having that, that job, um, whether it's, you know, as a temp or, you know, an office kind of job or, or some sort of job that a lot of people have, then you're going to relate to that audience a lot easier. Mm-hmm. When you made the transition into speaking full time, uh, was that was that just a, an outcome of the whole like that the comedy club culture where it's like we're taking advantage of you from a booker's perspective? You know, we're taking advantage of you, and you do what we say. It was that kind of what prompted that shift into uh, into the corporate world. Like, what what made you make that decision to do uh, like the corporate uh, comedy? Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, honestly, like. Uh, I mean, I, one huge benefit of having a job is also you get supplies for free. So like notepads and pens, mm-hmm. like, so like, I'm a huge fan of that. Um, but, uh, I think the statute of limitations have passed by now. Um, but, uh, <laughs> but, um, you know, as far as doing corporate shows for me, it was somebody saw me at a comedy club and they were like, Hey, 
like you do, I guess I, I would do a couple of jokes about being an accountant. Um, and then, uh, and they were like, Oh, you, you relate to us and you're clean. Like you should come do our Christmas party or whatever. And I was like, Oh, I didn't know that was a thing. And, you know, at the time I'm, you know, emceeing or featuring for, I don't know, uh, 50 or a hundred bucks a show. And they're going to give me 500. Uh, yes, I will do that. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, like that's a no brainer. Like that's crazy. Um, and, and so that's really how it started. And then I, I actually, you know, when you, when you're in the clubs and you hang out with comedians and you just, you're just fed this mantra of, uh, cruise ships and corporate is where comedy goes to die. Like if you're a hack or you're not very good or you're old and washed up, you go the you go to cruise ships and corporates. That's where it's at, and um, partially true, but also huge lie, huge lie, because that's where you go to make a living. Um, and so, like for me, those were my people. I mean, I came from that world, and so I was able to go back into that world and provide, you know, funny and engaging and and customize for them. And and doing corporate shows is totally different than doing comedy clubs. I mean, for so many reasons. Um, but, uh, but that's how I got started in it. And then just, um, appreciated it. The audiences appreciated it more. Um, you know, at comedy clubs after people are like, Hey, uh, you know, you didn't suck. And at corporates are <laughs> like, Oh my God, you were amazing. Like this was, thank God you were here. Like you saved the whole meeting. And, and so yeah, I'd, I, it's a bigger paycheck and they like me like, yeah, I'll do this more. And, uh, and then I had a couple of pretty big near misses, uh, in New York that it would be cool to have been as part of my intro that, but they didn't happen. So they're not. <laughs> and so, um, and then that's when I realized, you know, like, I don't really control my own destiny in this and, um, I'm sick of a lot of that. And so I kind of went more towards, uh, marrying the two together of my accounting life and my comedy life. And that's how now it's more like speaking than it is like pure entertainment Mm -hmm. uh, for sure. But, but, you know, doing the pure entertainment is still, still great. It's just, it's just very different um, for sure. Getting that public speaking experience is very valuable. I mean, just from comedy, you could take that and that's lucrative in itself, you know, and it's like, that's totally interesting. Totally. I mean, like, like, you know, keynoting a conference now, I'm not, I don't even blink. Like, I mean, Mm -hmm. I've seen some stuff. So whatever you conference room of white collar nerds are going to throw at me, yeah. I'm not even blinking. Like it's, right. it's like what I've seen the devil and you know, or whatever it's like, yeah, yeah I have. And I'm, I'm not scared of whatever, you know, I, I'll hear so many times while well, our audience is really tight. Like I don't, they're, they're really okay. Two minutes in boom. All right. You know, like, I mean, we, you just pop them and then they're great. They're, they're amazing. They're mm-hmm. super good people. You know, it's yeah. just, you, you know what you're doing because you've done it so many times. Yeah. And that's when I opened for Louis Anderson and a lot of um, resort casinos and like the Borgata in Atlantic city and some big ones. And he was like, you know, the difference between a new comedian and, uh, and a very experienced comedian is the new comedian has told the joke 10 times and the experienced comedian has told it 10,000 times. And so when you're new, you're almost asking the audience to laugh. Um, at the end of the joke, you're kind of like, uh, please laugh now. <laughs> And when you told it 10,000, yeah, right. (laughs) Please clap. (laughs) Yeah. And at 10,000 times you're like, look, when I stop talking, you laugh. 
this is how this works because I'm yeah. hilarious. These jokes are good and laugh, you know? And so it's literally uh, just something that comes with confidence and all yeah. that. And those, those reps on stage certainly pay dividends in other parts of your life. That's for sure. What, what helps me with confidence is just like accumulating. My set is accumulation of every joke that works by far the most. Like it's just like as much punch as possible. I don't really put filler in. I, it will die. Even if it's my, like if it gets laughed 70% of the time, that may not be good enough. And I'll just, I'll keep it, but like, I'll let it, I'll put it in the pen for a little bit. Like you're in timeout, like that kind right. of thing, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I like to mix it up too, you know, I mean, especially, you know, when I was doing, I mean, 50 weeks a year um, all over, you know, like just you, you have players that are on the bench and Hey, you know what? Why don't you get in today? That'll be fun. And plus it was fun for me to like have to remember a slightly different set. So then it, it sounded fresh to the audience. I mm -hmm. feel like uh, the tone was there. Um, it was kind of fun. It was like, Hey, let's do this one and then uh, see where this goes. Or, or even like I have jokes where there's like the joke and then, Oh, you guys got that one. You just unlocked bonus level two, three, or like, <laughs> <Yeah>. you know, <laughs> but, but if you didn't get this one, not only do you not get those bonus levels, but you also get not the next joke or the next, like you, you fast forwarded to Stupidville. So like, I need to like, <laughs> we're going to the McRib joke because everyone will get that one. And it's still yeah. something I'm proud of, but it's, you know what? I'm not going to put you through this. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> we'll do the fart jokes. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing is like, like I, I was so stubborn to like, you know, I really didn't do many stuff like that, you know, or, I mean, you know, I, I could tell audiences were like, when's he going to talk about midgets? And I'm not like, it's <laughs> not going to happen. I'm not going to do the drunk walk through the drive through story that like every other comedian's done. Like, I'm not doing that. Like, yeah. and you know, I, I, I really prided myself on if you don't write it, then don't say it. Like, it's that simple. Um, it really is like, don't, I mean, you can watch other comedy, you can learn from other comedy choices that are made, but if somebody tells a joke about a Chevy and you change it to a Ford, that's not your joke. Like you stole that and right. that's not cool. And, you know, you can, you could study the structure of the joke and, and how it's built and, and how it's written and then, you know, write your own joke. But, um, but yeah, but you can't, you can't do that. It's, it's, it, and that's the thing about the speaking world that makes me very, uh, frustrated is that there's a, a lot of gray area of people showing quotes of someone else. And, you know, I can't get up and do a Brian Regan bit. Uh, well, like Brian Regan said, and it's like, no, you can't do that. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. What a cop out. That's so I mean, sneaky. It's, yeah. It's, it's, it, it makes me angry. It makes me angry because yeah. every time I see that in the speaking world, I'm like, is that, is that lady sick? Why is she not here doing that? quote? Yeah. We could hear it in her voice. Like, how'd that be neat? Yeah, Maya Angelou wow. once said, well, why isn't she here? She wasn't in the budget. Also, Was she whole, dead or something? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, my bad. <laughs> you can't laugh at that. Okay. <laughs> That's, yeah, well, we put dividers when, <laughs> when stuff like that happens. We'll just use your... But. <laughs> <laughs> right? No, but it is. And, and, and I do think that in the corporate, I mean, if, if anyone listening is going to try and do a corporate or has a corporate coming up or, or in the future, like at a comedy club, they're there to see you. Uh, whether they know that you're on the show or not, they're probably there to see the headliner, but you're part of the show. So they're there to see you. So you talk about you and that's great. But in the corporate, they're there because they have to be there. Um, they didn't have a choice. 
Like this isn't their fun night out. This is my company's doing this. And if I don't come, I'm going to get fired. So I have to be here. And this is how this works. And so you, you keep that in mind and be of service to them as opposed to them being of service to feeding your ego and, and work on customizing, like do some, do some things about the company or about the, the executives that are there, like in a, in a clean, funny, respectful way. And, those jokes will get a 10 out of 10, even though they're not even that funny. They'll be like, you're like, maybe this is a five and it blows the roof off. And then your closing bit, they're like, oh, all right, that was good. <laughs> and you're like, no, like, you know? And so you just have to understand that like everything's, it's almost like a bizarro world where everything's inverse of the comedy club, um, you know, wow. mentality. Yeah, it's it's weird. I, I did a, corporate gig. It was a 20, uh, 20th anniversary for a company. And the yeah. CEO was like in his seventies. So I was like, I thought this was a 20th birthday party. You look terrible for 20. Oh I'm like, God. Yeah. Oh I wasn't, God. I wasn't happy about it either, but, but everybody there was. So then hey. like by proxy, I was, so it was like, Oh, I guess oh yeah. that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> that, yeah. was, that, was, that was the best joke of the night. That's the yeah. one that they remembered six months later. Right. And, they didn't yep. want to hear anything about milk. They were like, talk about our boss again. Right? <laughs> That's exactly what it is, man. It's it's totally different than, but, you know, it's it's good pay because it's not easy and it takes some work, you know? What is it that, that gets them invested? You know, when you, you, you get there and they're like, oh, we got a tough crowd for you. Like, you know, do you, you just start by addressing the elephant in the room, start by addressing the, the, the CEO well, or, or whatever. Well, I mean, it's no different than um, than a comedy club where like a late show Friday. I mean, those are brutal. <laughs> uh, I mean, they, they went to happy hour after they worked all week. They're exhausted. They went to happy hour because that's smart. And then they came to a comedy club after they like were drunk and rebounded. And so they're just like, they're exhausted. They're mm -hmm. tired. They're, they're half, you know, drunk. It's like, and so, you know, it's no different than a Friday Night Late show where you just got to grab them. You just got to like grab them by the throat and be like, okay, we're over here now. <laughs> and this is how this is going to work. And, you know, I always went up with like my tried and true stuff, like for the first uh, minute or two of just like, boom. And then it's, you know, so, hey, you guys are pretty cool people. Like I looked, looked you guys up, did a little bit of homework. And then, you know, weave in some of the customized stuff. Um somewhat early on, but you definitely got to grab them up front. Uh, you can't do the customized stuff because you're not going to be as, as confident in it. You know, just like your 20th birthday, you look terrible for 20, uh, which is a great joke, by the way. Um, but like, you're not as confident in that as you are in how you normally start the last, mm -hmm. you know, hundred shows that you've done. So you might as well, you know, at least, you know, hit it for, get a single out of the gate you know, before you, you know, right. go for anything bigger. Right. Yeah. yeah. You can't just yeah. kick them in the face. Um, it, it's like, because oh, it's yeah. a more professional setting, it's, it's, you have to create that paradigm shift. It's like, okay, we, you were just watching like people talk about new policies and, and legal updates and all this stuff. Now it's time for the funds. So like you, you and, can't just dive, you know, into the and, deep and end. Sit, sit in as much of the meeting as they'll let you sit in mm -hmm. and call back to that stuff. 
Well, I was going to do the policy update, but Carl came up and did it. So way to steal my thunder, man. And, you know, or whatever, you know, just some sort of in the in the clubs, you watch the other comedians that are right before you. And then you do a callback to something that was right before you or whatever. You know, when you're doing like a showcase type of, you know, when there's, uh, you know, 10 of you on a show, it's like, well, they've seen a lot. So you need to let them get into your world a little bit. Um, at first. And if you get a heckler in corporate, you cannot go at them. You just can't. It's just, you can't, uh, you, you can't. I, I learned that the hard way. You just can't. And um, you just That's busy to... from HR. Like, <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. So, so don't, don't talk to her like that. Right? And then they all start to turn. They're like, we're on her side. Cause I know her from. Yeah. President's or club. it's everyone hates that person anyway, but it's weird now. And, yeah. you know, and so it's just, uh, I mean, you can like gently, like, you know, jab them, you know, like you do like a little kid, like little, like, you know, but you can't, you can't even get a guy, get a good body shot in. Cause it's too much. Yeah. Um, you can't do You do this. Yeah. I mean, um, I know you are, but what am I? Yeah. <laughs> right. Who was it? <laughs> Who was it? Like, God, are you there? Because yeah. <laughs> This is the Lord. <laughs> yeah. No, it, it's it's just different. But you got to do some homework up front. You got to show that, you know, you're there for them and it's only for them. And, uh, you know, and then, yeah, just be confident and do some of your customized stuff about them. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. In stand-up, you – go ahead, Steve. No, I was going to say that I think the only – the closest thing to a corporate gig I did was a casino – um, because ever since then I've been doing different types of venues, like, uh, just the only other thing besides like showcases and, and open mics is just like random club things. Sure. But like, um, so this was, I was only a year and a half in and I did the Roxino in like about an hour from here. And, uh, it, uh, I, all I did up front was like topical sports, uh, topical sports jokes, like two of them. I made them up on the spot. And they laughed, and that was the end of the laughter for that ten minutes. Casinos are a different animal as well. Like, I mean, it's it's bars are a different animal. You know, a comedy club uh, in comedy clubs in a different city. You know, like you're just like, what is going on right now? And yeah. you're like, like when I moved to New York, uh, nobody knows what an Arby's is. Uh, nobody knows what college football or marching bands are because um, it's all pro sports. Um, nobody cooks. So the, my crockpot bit dead in the water. Uh, half the audience is from Norway or I don't know where, and I'm out of fjord jokes. So like, <laughs> I mean, you know, it's like, yeah. it's just, it's a different world, you know? And yeah. so it, it, it made me write a lot um, of stuff that would be more relatable to those people. Um, yeah. you know, and it's, it's hard, but you go up, you learn, you take it on the chin and you're like, yeah, I need to, I need to, I need a couple of different jokes or, uh, or I just don't do casinos anymore. Like you know, there's that. The speaking world is different from, from comedy. Cause in comedy, if you have new material, you go to an open mic and you work on it in front of a live audience. So you have to work on it in front of a live audience. And you know, the, I think the same thing goes for being a speaker. I, I, place a lot of value in speaking at like chambers of commerce or like regional association chapters uh, for that reason. I kind of look at them as like, okay, I'm going to work in some new material. Cause if you're going to pay me thousands of dollars, I'm not going to be like, I'm going to try this joke. So how do you, how do you work new material into your presentation? And like, how yeah. often do you try to work new material? I mean, um, or you just bookend it with really good stuff. Like I would yeah. do in the comedy clubs. So it's like, all right, if I lose you totally to zero on this, this next joke will get you back to at least a seven. So, I mean, 
then 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 I'm not scared because then it's like, all right, here we go. And and in the corporate world, um, you know, for the comedy, I mean, their expectation is so low um, that you know <laughs> the fact that you're good is like yeah. this guy's killing it. It's amazing, you know. And uh, and so, um, but like, but they also know like when you're actually really good. So, you know, th their expectations coming in, we're like, oh, well, whatever. But then once you're up there and they're like, oh, wow, this is like a real comedian that knows what they're doing, then uh, then I do think that their standards also raise. But you just do the like the clubs and it's like, well, I'll throw one in there and just try a new one and see. I mean, why not? And um, and, you know, when it comes to the speaking stuff, they're not even expecting it to be necessarily funny anyway. So, you know, um, you can you can weave in humor into it or, you know, just, you're just good at telling a story. Um, unlike the one I'm doing right now. Um, but normally, you know, like, and yeah. so, so, you know, you can throw it in there like that. So, I mean, I just bookend it with really good and then my new stuff and then another really good thing, um, right after. And then we're right back on course. That's so a good strategy. That's, that's what I do anyway. Once you get confident enough in, in, you know, like your misses aren't so far off. Like, I mean, that's what I learned in New York too. You know, when, you know, Seinfeld or Chris Rock or Gaffigan or, uh, you know, all Louis C.K., they just drop in uh, Chappelle. Like, and you see them uh, do stuff that's not funny. And you're like, oh my God, like everything they do is not, but their miss is like the 25 point of the bullseye. You know, like they're still close. You know, and so like when you're when you're more experienced, your miss is in that inner ring um, where, you know, when you're new, the miss is like on the wall, like you didn't yeah. hit the dartboard. And so, yeah. you know, you just as you do it more and you and you, you get more experience and you learn more and you study the craft more, then, then you get closer to that, that. So your misses aren't really that far off. So, you know, people will still laugh or if they don't just go on to the next one. Like you don't have to call out every joke that doesn't meet your <laughs> expectation because then they're going to be like, wait, I thought he was hilarious. Now he's right. telling me that he sucks. Like what? And you know, and to them, that's the frustrating thing too, is an audience doesn't have like another audience next to them to know, Oh, we kind of suck. We need to yeah. like raise our game here. Some audiences they're giving you a five and that is their max. Like we're, we're not going to 10. Like we just can't, this is our laughing our ass off right now. They and almost don't want to have fun. Yeah, exactly. Almost. But but it's like, that's them like dying laughing. Like, mm -hmm. I mean, I've had people come up after a show and be like, you know, uh, like for some reason, like you have the whole audience laughing, but there's one person up front, just not at all. Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. and then they come up after, I think you're the funniest comedian I've ever seen. <laughs> can, you can you tell your face? Because yeah. what is going on right now? Yeah. Like what? That's, are you punking me? Like yeah. you, you didn't even like blink. Like what, yeah. but you know, maybe they're studying you, maybe they're, and so it's, it's hard to know. It's like the difference between a joke helper, like somebody that's a fan that they're like loving your bit so much that they're just like, ah! versus the heckler that is mean spirited and wants to tribute. And you learn after you've punched a joke helper in the face, my bad. Like now I need to know which is which and somebody that is a super fan. That's loving everything I'm saying that just couldn't help, but just jump in. Um, it, don't punch them like, cause they're all about you. And, mm -hmm. and so you, you have to learn that, but you, you only learn that in live fire, like while you're on stage, you know, 
And so, um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, there's so many different things that, that you just learn from doing or watching. And, and, and that's another thing, the more shows that you can just go sit in the back of the room and watch. Um, you, you just, I mean, in New York, it was so great because you could just go to the club and just sit in the back and just watch for three hours. And then you get on stage for your 10 and then you go back and yeah, it's just, you know, wow, I would not have made that choice. Let's see how you get out of this one or, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and, and, or things like that, or, you know, you just learn so much of, of just what choices people make on stage and, and how to do it and how they did it and um, how they got banned. Like, you know, don't yeah. do that. No, I just, yeah, see. <laughs> just see what I did. Uh, no, but it's, uh, it, it's, it's, it, it is a craft and you can't be lazy at it. You have to learn and, and you have to work it and you have, it's, it's a job. It very much is it's, it's, it's work. Um, and especially the business side of it. I mean, the booking and like, you know, David was talking about, you know, reaching out and getting in touch with bookers, doing showcases, like driving to Columbus to do a showcase at the funny bone. And then Stroop doesn't show up and you're like, are you joking right now? And then driving home because you don't want to pay for a hotel or whatever, you know, like, mm -hmm. it's just, it's hard, you know, it's, yeah. it's, you gotta like, you just gotta like do it for you and, uh, and love it. And mm -hmm. then, uh, you know, good things happen. Mm -hmm. You gotta, yeah, you gotta try to, <laughs> when stuff like that happens, you have to look at it as though like, the one that you can't let get away. Like, you know, there's, there's all that, that, always that one person in our life. It's usually the first person we fall in love with where it's like, it's like, no, but we were meant to be together forever. I will show up at your work with flowers. <laughs> right? <laughs> like I'm, I'm leaving notes on your car because I love you. We're meant to be together and I'm 19. Like, right. You know, like that's, that's the way you got to look at it. Uh, because yeah. like, it's going to kick you in the teeth and it's going to make you feel like shit. But at yeah. the same time, like that's the best part because when it makes you feel good, it, it's like, it's, you don't appreciate nice weather without the snow, you know? Yeah, no, that's for sure. And, and it's not a new thing either. It's been happening since comedy clubs started in the seventies. Too soon. How did you, like when you first started doing those gigs like the, obviously there were bombs in there oh, how yeah. are there any that really stand out like um, where you crossed the line and then they were like hey man okay so uh i learned that real estate agents uh do not have a sense of humor um so <laughs> if you <laughs> so uh i was doing a real estate agent, and it was funny because like people wanted me to do like an hour um and mm. i'm like i do not have an hour like I do, I don't. So I would do stand up for a little bit and then I would do kind of like a family feud game. Um, so it was a little bit of both, but it was interactive. It was their people, um, you know, customized answers for them. Uh, not fully, but like a little bit, but it was, it was a combo because not everybody likes stand up. Not everybody likes to be talked at mm -hmm. for an extended period of time. I get it. But if we bring up your people or, you know, the tax team versus the audit team or whatever, then it's funny. It's, your people are up there and we just make organized chaos. Well, when it comes to real estate agents, um, if you do a joke about how their picture is from a 1990s glamour shots because they're 70 years old right now and you don't look like your picture that's on the bus stop bench, <laughs> no one will laugh at you after that period. Like they will just not. And um, even though it's 100% true, <laughs> yeah. uh, they will not laugh. And uh so I learned that one. And I also learned that 
uh, like home builders, like the guys hammering the nails in the two by fours, not my people. Um, they're, they're great people and they're really nice and, um, they're good people and they work hard, but that's not my audience. And so that's the thing is like, when it comes to corporate, it's not a comedy club where, well, I can do jokes for everybody. No, no, you really can't. Um, you can't cause no one can do jokes for bachelorette parties. So there's that for, to begin with, but, yeah. but after that, like, you know, but it's, it's just knowing your audience and also people don't necessarily buy comedy. Um, they're buying the outcome of what the comedy gets them. So, you know, maybe it's after dinner entertainment or it's an, it's, we're celebrating something. So, so really when you, when you approach them, it's not, Hey, you want to buy comedy? Like no one's really. That was built into their thing and they didn't, it's not like they went and said, Hey, we need comedy. And that's they, that was part of the package deal by the, the people who put it together and, Possibly. Yeah. 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 Or, or somebody's like, well, we've got $500 left over. Why don't we, I mean, it's like, well, why don't you go get a clown or a juggler or a, (laughs) or a comedian? I mean, it's literally that. And then they reach out to you. How much do you cost? Well, uh, what do you want? Um, you know, I'm not, this isn't coffee or, you know, like I'm not a vendor. Um, you know, I'm actually, and so, you know, the more that you can meet them business to business, you are a business person. Like you're, you're also the product, but you're a business person. And so like the more that you can come at them as like, I'm a business. And, and that, that's the thing that I, I just feel like even clubs, they, they just don't, it's so funny. Like uh, I just, when I stopped doing the clubs um, probably about a year later, I had a good friend of mine that he's like, Hey, this comedy club just canceled me um, like a week and a half out from my, and I bought a plane ticket and everything. Like I can't cancel this. And then they want to push me or no, they canceled me four weeks out and they want to push me to a week and a half out. And, um, and I, I bought my plane ticket for four weeks out and now I'm going to have to buy a plane ticket that's short notice. So it's going to be extra expensive and cancel the other one and not get my money back. And, and I was like, how disrespectful is that? And he's like, what? You like, it didn't even dawn on him that that's, that's straight disrespect. Like mm. you spent money to come do our show and then now I'm asking you to eat it and spend more money and you should be happy that I'm giving you this week. <laughs> like, yeah. what? Yeah, like, no, like that's yeah. crazy. Yeah, it's yeah. like, but, but we take it on the chin and be like, thank you very much. Can I have another? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, it's like, what? And so, you know, in the corporate, it's, you know, meet them where they're at and be like, what do you really want? Like, what is going on here? Is this that you had an extra $300 or $500 and you're just like, well, go spend it on something. Or do you actually want me to do something here? And something that's really easy to add on as a comedian is MC, because I'm sure that as a new comedian, you've done MC and hosted a lot of shows. So these people do not know how to host things. Well, they do not. And it's awkward and it's painful and it's, it's terrible. And so like, for me, I would always, you know, say, let's say you're, you're like 750 and that includes me hosting. Um, you know, just lump it all in the basket. Don't say it's 500 and then another 250 if you want me to host. No, it's 750 and all I have is this. And you get me for that time. And if you want to use me to host, I can do that uh, or not. It's still 750, you know, yeah. and, and that way then you're selling <laughs> that thing. And, uh, or, and, and you can co-host if somebody's got an ego, I'm happy to co-host. Great. You know, but you know, help. And then just explaining to them because they need the education. They don't know. 
And, you know, a comedy club, they need 52 weeks of comedians. Just come in, talk while we sell drinks. Mm -hmm. A corporate, they do this once every five or 10 years because there's the lady in the red dress that, you know, whatever. Like, you know, just, what do you mean penis isn't clean? It's like, no, you can't. Like, it's it's anything below the waist is off limits in corporate, straight up. Like, mm -hmm. it's just off limits. Like, you can't innuendo, you can't. Uh, call it something else. You can't, whatever, you know, I mean, it's just, it's just off. And I mean, all you need is one person to be offended or think it's inappropriate. And then, you know, uh, it's not going to be good. And yeah. so you, you really have to, and if it's not for you, it's not for you. That's cool. But don't, don't, you know, crap on the comedians that do it well. That mm -hmm. doesn't mean that they're not good. You know, maybe, maybe bar shows aren't for me. Well, I'm not crapping on the comedians that do bar shows. Like, knock yourself out, man. That's awesome, <laughs> you know. But yeah. like, you know, we you just find your lane and do what's comfortable for you and where your people are. There's yeah. something for everybody. It's it's a yeah. it's a broad enough uh, field where you know you can get really good at hosting and that's your thing, and you can get you know you can get the cruise ship yeah. gigs and that's your thing. Yeah. No, for right. sure. And I mean, I never really did cruises, so I can't you know really speak to that. But you can make a living. That's for sure. Yeah. And, um, you know, there's, there's that fine line between, um, you know, stay true to yourself and do what you are and, and what you think is funny. Um, but, uh, you know, you can do that and still make a living. Um, and it might be a hybrid of the comedy clubs and cruises on occasion and some corporate sprinkled in. And, you know, that's, that's not a bad thing. If you, if you, and, and I was just lazy or efficient. I don't know what the word is for it, but all my jokes were if I got radio or I got a TV spot, like it's the same joke. Like it's not like I'm at a comedy club and I say, say the F bomb in the joke 200 times. Well, guess what? When you're on Letterman, you're going to say the F bomb because you're so used to saying it in the pattern of the joke. And so I was just like, look, if I ever get these opportunities, I want to be ready. And I want to just nail it. And so I just wrote that way. Um, plus, like, I can't sell from stage the that hardcore language. It's like when a little kid cusses, it's more yeah. adorable than it is <laughs> impactful. <laughs> so, you know, if I if I tell a, like a bachelorette party, like, shut the F up, like, they're more like, say it again. Like, that was cute. Like, they come up and like pinch your cheek. And, like, yeah. you know, and it's like, no, no, I'm angry. <laughs> Fuck. It's not the, yeah, <laughs> right. It's not the exactly. intent when exactly. Steve does it, it's natural, but <laughs> right. it's like, I'm kind of worried about him. He hasn't said it this whole yeah. time. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I was, I used to be worried about the level of cursing I did, but when I actually monitored myself more, I was like, you know, I really don't curse. The only thing that probably keeps me from ever doing corporate or things that are a little bit cleaner is just the, or I should not say clean, but just stuff that isn't, I, I, I'm always touching on controversy and it's yeah. never edgy. I wouldn't call it edgy. It's it's always about what's funniest. It's but it's those are the yeah. that's where my brain goes. Sure. So um, no, totally. Yeah, yeah, but it's you know. Yeah, yeah and so. then you know maybe it's not for you, and mm -hmm. that's fine. It really um, isn't. No big deal. <laughs> like, and that's, that's I admire all good. it. <laughs> yeah, I really but do. But it's just different, you know. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, you know, every every venue certainly has, has a feel to it. And, and after you do them enough of them, you're like, all right, this is what a casino is like, or all yeah. right, this is what, 
you know, a, a comedy club's like, this is what a bar's like, this is what a bowling alley's like, this is what a VFW's like, this is like what a firehouse is like or whatever. Uh, and so you just, you just know, and then you know what you're going into and uh, <laughs> you bring it or you write some stuff about that, that you pull out for that kind of venue. And, and if it's not for you, it's not for you. Cool. Don't do them anymore. You know? Right. Um, it's just, uh, yeah, it just, it, it does frustrate me when, uh, you know, other comedians, they kind of look down on comedians that do it a different way. And it's like, well, you know, they're, they're actually like making a living. Like they're actually filing taxes for real because yeah, they yeah. have, they make enough to where their business expenses didn't eat up all of their yeah. income. Right. <laughs> you know? right. Like, I remember when I was new, it was like all the mileage, my cell phone, internet, like food, like all of this is like, I made $0 in the government's eyes because I mean, that mileage is crazy. I mean, yeah. when you're driving a Honda Civic everywhere, you know, and, uh, and yeah. so, you know, it, it's, it, it adds up and all of a sudden it's like, well, but I'm living like, this is, I'm not like broke, but, but I mean, but then you start doing some of these other ones and it's like, oh, wow. Like I have a savings account now. Like this is yeah. neat. Like, yeah. you know, so, you know, it's just, it's just figuring out like what it is, you know, and what you want to do and, and how you want to live. Um, but, but it is, it is certainly a, a way, but, but hosting is, is a super easy thing that I'm sure you, Steve, you've hosted plenty of shows mm -hmm. and you could put on a suit and a smile for a couple hours and make, I don't know about the suit or the smile, but, uh, <laughs> all right. I was waiting for David to laugh. I was waiting for David to laugh. I was <laughs> embellishing, but it's still well, somewhat true. We'll uh, start with <laughs> underwear and socks. You can yeah, put on underwear yeah. and socks for once and then like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But no. you know, and if, if somebody's going to give you a couple thousand bucks, Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'll host this. You can't laugh at that. You Can't Laugh at That is brought to you by Water Cooler Comedy. Now, for too long, we've been asking the question, should work be focused on work or fun? But Mark Twain once said that work and play are two words used to describe the same thing under different circumstances. So my point is that we're asking the wrong question. Instead of asking, should work be work or fun, the question should be, how can we make work fun, whether it's a keynote speech, a half-day workshop, a 90-day consulting program, a customized corporate comedy experience for you and your team as you try to figure out how to reboard, how to get back to work after working virtually for a year. Why humor in the workplace? Well, studies have shown that humor builds resilience. It allows us to adapt to problems more quickly, more creatively, and more correct. It allows us to adapt to problems more quickly, more creatively, and more corrupt. I can't say collaboratively. <laughs> it allows us to adapt to not being able to say collaboratively correctly. Because not only does laughter make us feel better, it makes us work better too. So why not make work the time and place to laugh? Check out watercoolercomedy.org. I, I could do corporate stuff, but it's I would have to deliberately write through a flow chart of is it negative? Is it cynical? <laughs> is it too critical? Of, <laughs> is it too and it would always just like and I would have to get my brain thinking different because I can write humor. I understand humor on a universal sure. level. I mean, not to sound yeah, yeah. 
but it's like you know once you if you can write one kind of joke you can you know you understand it and i would just have to switch my mode of, of thinking and writing um i wouldn't say it was harder i'd say it's a little bit easier but only because it's a little bit more broad and more um it's one of those things where it's like like for instance jim gaffigan and and brian regan say they're like the most famous clean comedians i would well you know depending on what you probably right now clean. yeah yeah yeah. But I would say, yeah, exactly. But um, like, I think they're like just astronomically funny, but it's like the stuff that they, it's the stuff that I try to avoid because I think it's too, I think it's too safe to talk. I love the tension you can build from an unsafe topic, but not go, yeah. not go obviously where like a lot of. Like a Tosh extreme. almost. Yeah. Like something Tosh where, does. something yeah. where obviously humor is most important. It's not like I'm trying to be edgy. It's just stuff that might be a little right. bit more. That's where you get your tension to release yeah. with you're the not laugh. Being Sarah Silverman where you're just trying to shock people. Like you're you're <laughs> yeah. being Daniel Tosh where it's like, okay, it's, it's edgy, but it's funny. And it's yeah. like, I can't believe you said that, but I'm also laughing and this is amazing. Mm -hmm. Or like Ryan yeah. Stout's really great at that as well. Uh, Ryan Stout does some good stuff. He's younger uh, ish. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, and, and you have to be true to yourself, man. Like, I mean, right. you know, writing these other jokes, if you're like, I, I'm not doing that. And, and mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of people get into comedy because they want to just go up and say whatever I want to say and just, mm -hmm. you know, and, and, and be able to shock people or offend people or, you know, <laughs> you, yeah, I did make you cry and good for you and whatever. And like, Fine. or, you know, I'm being facetious, but like yeah. something along those lines. Yeah. But, uh, but at, at the end of the day, um, you, you have to pay the rent. <laughs> and you have yeah. to get food and and so but you have to be true to yourself and so like what's commercially viable and what you can sell uh mm -hmm. for a hundred dollars yeah. a show is whatever you want to talk about that's great but yeah. if you want to make uh five or ten or twenty x that per show then uh you either have to tweak or just be okay with not you know yeah. which is also fine um mm -hmm. i was just it, it was more natural for me because I was from that world and mm -hmm. my act was already, I mean, it was, I mean, like I had a bit about uh, a crock pot is like a microwave with a learning disability. Um, mm -hmm. Cause they get the job done. It just takes them a whole lot longer and there's more to it. But like, that's something that it's funny and it's funnier than it is edgy. So therefore in the corporate, especially in the middle, after you've gotten to know me, that's fine. Like mm -hmm. you can't say words like, you know, rape or abortion or incest or like, those are like, you can't do that. I mean, right. cause I mean, if you worked at the company and you said those words, you would be an HR, you know? Right. Like, so, you know, right. you, you know, and so it's just, uh, just one of those things where, um, you just have to stay true to yourself and it's not for you. It's not for you. That's cool, man. Right. Like, yeah. my, my, my end game has always just been only like, uh, just hopefully, you know, some tying in, the synergy of that in like my film career where you have like you were i, I want to like be a writer or something okay. you know i yeah. have, i work in film in other capacities too but it's just one of those things where like that's i'm doing stand-up isn't like my end goal per se so it's like you just yeah. always trying to and i've met so many people through it it's great so no that's great yeah and, yeah. and having done stand-up you know how to write better mm -hmm. um because there's so many TV and movie writers where it's like, have you ever told a joke in front of a live audience before? Cause I'm guessing no, cause right. these are terrible. Right. And very you know, easy you, jokes. Yeah. Or they're just, just 
they're just not even funny. It's right. like, oh my Lord. And so, but when you have, you can write better and tighter and it, it actually packs a punch and it's, it's a lot funnier, you know, for sure. Um, so yeah, I mean, and, and you, that's, a, that's the end is use comedy for like, don't let them use you, you know, don't yeah. let comedy use you. You have to always keep that upper hand. And it is a, it is a daily, almost hourly struggle yeah. uh, to, to keep that upper hand. Cause man, it is, it is hard. Um, and kudos to everyone who's listening, who's done it even one time, because mm. you have way more guts than anyone else uh, that's, you know, come to a show. For yeah. sure. It, it's, it's like you said, like it tightens up your writing. One of the most important things that I've learned is brevity is cutting and cutting and cutting until you've, you're just down to the bare bones. Like when I used to write sketch, it, there was so much exposition and there was so much like, you know, just unnecessary stuff. Like I did a bit, I don't, I, when I started speaking, I used, I did characters because I came from a sketch background Yeah. before I started doing stand up. And uh, in hindsight, like I was coming down the stairs earlier and I thought like, what are we going to talk about today? Like, do I want to talk about my start in, in corporate and how bad it was? Um, because like I did a yeah. character, I did a character who, um, had a book called procrastination prevents progress. And so for five minutes, I would like tease a book giveaway, but there's no <laughs> books, like there's no slideshow, like there's no, and, and, but, but it was way too long. Like that's a good minute, 30 second to two minute tops bit, but to stretch yeah. that out for five minutes, it's like the audience is three steps ahead of you, man. Right. Uh, or it's one uh, of those where uh, almost like Gaffigan where, you know, the hot pockets where, like the first two times it's funny and then it'll dip and then it becomes hilarious again, maybe yeah. even more so, but you really got to commit and you really got to ride it through that, that Valley because mm -hmm. it can come out on the other side, like lights out, mm -hmm. but you gotta, you gotta really be confident in it. Yeah. Uh, but and, and, and that takes a lot of practice. Yeah. We're talking Jim. Yeah. I mean, J Jim Gaffigan is, is, you know, over the last 20 years is, is one of the greats, you know? So, yeah, yeah. you know, <laughs> Right. I wouldn't say I'm on the Gaffigan level of, well, I mean, you know, of writing. Uh, like well, I'm so, a little bit below. But yeah. Fun fact about Gaffigan though, uh, when you were talking about Brian Regan. So when Regan moved to New York, Gaffigan was already there and Gaffigan was dirty. Uh, mm -hmm. He was not clean at all. And Brian Regan showed Gaffigan that you can be clean and really funny. Um, and, and that there's a little bit of a greater upside to that. Um, and so that's when Gaffigan became more of what he is now, what mm. you see today. Um, but yeah, but when he was much younger, um, yeah, he was, he was definitely not clean um, for sure. Um, but, uh, but yeah, but I mean, it's just, but, but I would love to know like, yeah, your first corporate. So that was it. You did that character and then you had to go after that. Like you had to, follow, Oh yeah, no, I would, follow I would like yourself. Yeah. So I would have like slides that would cycle through as I got into character um, okay. th that okay. they could like watch and there were little like jokes and stuff on there. Yeah. And, uh, and I would come in like all untucked and like, uh -huh. like I've, I'm not so like I, tried to book a hotel and I'm not. So if you want me to sign copies of my book, you find me in a Ford Escort outside, like yeah, yeah. Um, just, and then I did other characters too. Like, like the one that this is when I was tr writing, like trying to be funny, uh, <laughs> painful. Sure. Um, yep. And this is when I realized that you can't do below the belt stuff in corporate, but I did a character uh, who is every character. I had a message attached to them. 
And the message for this character is personal accountability. And he is a former NYPD detective by the name of Dick Ransom, who would trace all of the evidence <laughs> of every case he was assigned back to himself. That's awesome. And he'd end up like turning in his gun in the in his badge at the end. And it's like, you know, the, the message is, you know, every wherever you are as a result of all the decisions that you've made. So he would like he would like look at the the crime and be like, <laughs> I did this. Like he would some, somehow find a loose end. Anyway, long story short, the closing message, I would say, you know, if, if, if you hear yourself <laughs> saying that this is somebody else's fault, remember that you have a little dick inside of you. <laughs> and, uh, and I got a, I got an email <laughs> not 24 hours after I got off stage. Uh, one of the, uh, one, cause I had done it a few times and, Got some some laughs, um, but back then, you know, I was like, you know, I'm coming from New York. I had a show right. in the New York Comedy Festival. I like, right. I know what I'm doing. I can't be wrong. And uh, and I got this email, and it was from a guy who had actually booked me to speak at an upcoming conference. He was like, Yeah, we're oh. not gonna we're not gonna go through with that. Uh, oh, we no. had eight we had eight people from our group at this conference, and we were all wildly offended by your presentation. You used the word prick, and I wanted to be like, I didn't say prick. I said dick. And it was his name. Mm-hmm. And then uh, speaking yeah. of being a prick, how about you, man? No, <laughs> dude, I was yeah, and, and I was I was pissed yeah. about it for for a little bit, uh, but yeah. then but then it was one of those things where it was like Take the message that you're trying to deliver with the character. You did this. Yeah. You figure it out. And and yeah. uh, it took a few months, but I, but since then I have I don't do yeah. characters anymore because it's not authentic. I, I learned my lesson of trying to be funny. I learned my lesson of having an ego about like the things that I've done before. If you're not funny right now, nobody cares what you did yesterday or, or no. five years ago or ten years ago. Nobody cares where and- you performed. Right. They don't care about your credits. Right. Like everything that you would tell a comedy club booker is the exact opposite thing that you tell someone that's looking for corporate. Right. You know, it's like, you know, I've done some things, but they, they want to know what, what corporate shows have you done? Like what other, you know, things corporate have you done? Yeah. Um, you know, that way. And, and if you do one and it goes well and you don't say dick, um, then... <laughs> Let me write that down. Get a, no, <laughs> note to self. Um, yeah. Then get a reference letter. Get a, a quick. Now there's the phones. Just get a quick testimonial video from yeah. the person that booked you. Like you know, hey, if they're like, man, this was really great. Thank you so much. Hey, it'd be super helpful if you could just. Can I just get you on my phone? Just saying that, so I can you know have it as a video for other people that are considering me to come in. And ninety nine percent of the time, they're like, yeah, totally, of course, you know, yeah. and, or or get it an email or a, a, a letter or whatever. I mean, now that short video is the best. Mm-hmm. Just create a short little YouTube video of four or five of those. And then people are like, all right, I feel comfortable bringing in somebody that's not gonna like I, I so I did one down in Florida for this bank and it was pretty big. It was a bank and uh, like their big commercial clients and uh, so business owners and stuff. And so it was the comedy plus the, the game show. So Family Feud, it was like one team thought they were going to play. So they all stood up. And then I was like, actually, no, I'm going to have them. Oh, no, wait. And then so it was. So they were up, down and back up. And I was just like, hey, it's almost like we're in church. Well, I get an email from a woman that says that she was offended and that I'm anti-Catholic and that whatever. And I'm like, I went to Notre Dame lady. Yeah. Like, what are you talking about right now? I am not, but, but yeah. I, so I reached out right away. I called the, the lady from the bank that had brought me in 
And she's like, who, who was the email from? And I forwarded it to her and she's like, Oh, that lady's crazy. Don't worry about it. Yeah. You know, like, and, and so, because I knew like they can tell if you're doing it from a place of good yeah. or are you doing it? Like, what's your intent here? And, and I think that most audiences, especially sophisticated audiences know that like, I don't mean ill will. Like right. I'm not here to, piss everybody off and get banned from a casino like steve like i'm right. here to like, <laughs> just make your life not suck for the 30 yeah. minutes i'm up here or whatever yeah um you know and and yeah so um yeah but that man that florida show i forgot all about that lady that was hilarious yeah, yeah those <laughs> stick out i had one of those recently um where a woman commented in the zoom like she had a chat she was like that that cartoon that you showed was very offensive the language in it said damn Right in the cartoon, and yeah. and I've been doing that just inconsequentially for two years. Yeah. Nobody said a word, and so when I was going through like reading the questions for the Q and A, I read yeah. that, and I was like, "That wasn't the intent." I apologize yeah. if it offended you, but you know, the intent was to make people laugh, and and then people were commenting, "No, it was funny, it was funny," and then uh, I reached out to the meeting planner too, and and I said, yeah. "You know, I apologize if I offended anybody," and she was like, "Oh, don't worry, she like she right. does that." Yeah. I mean, you know what you say to that person? What the hell? Like, yeah, what yeah. the hell are you complaining about damn for? Because <laughs> yeah. then it'll be like, what? Yeah, but, but you know, and everyone's got their their line. And, and you know, but but it's, like you said, as long as the intent isn't there and, you know, you're you're good to go. So what was yeah. the hardest, um, what was the hardest part of the transition from stand-up to, to corporate? You think? Um, well, I mean, to the speaking, like, so I went from, you know, doing clubs to kind of doing corporates on occasion, you mm -hmm. know, especially around Christmas, um, you know, holiday time. And then, um, and then, uh, or even like tax into busy season. That was always big for me, just accounting firms and stuff. Yeah. Um, so you would sprinkle them in, but then, uh, then I, I would, I was mostly hosting cause I didn't really feel like comedy clubs are great at just beating you down to be like, you're not unique. Mm -hmm. um if somebody's trying to book a show and they're like hey you know david will you do it for 100 bucks and you're like yeah no i'm not well john will do it john you want to do it now steve steve you do it and, you know they're like they'll just i i actually know uh a pretty well-known uh booking agency that was known for having a one-nighter that was going to pay the the agency 200 bucks let's say and they would call each of us to see who would do it for less and then they would go back to you and be like, ah, sorry, they pulled out. They already had somebody. And you're like, for 25 bucks? Really? That's, that's really how you're going to play this? Yeah. You don't think we talk? Like, you freaking or idiots. <laughs> yeah. And so, um, and so, like, so for me, it was just the hardest part for me and it is, is knowing that what I do adds value. What I do is unique. Uh, what I do is good. Um, what I do is valued by others. Um, and that, yeah, I'm worth it. You know, when you do the clubs for, I mean, it was 10 years full time, um, or more really, uh, probably, yeah, gosh, 10 or 12 years full time. And, um, yeah, I mean, you just, you just get beat down so much that you're like, yeah, I'm, I'm not different. I'm just a, a, another white guy that talks into a microphone while you sell drinks. All right. You know, and um, and then when you get out of that, you just learn the disrespect and the abuse and the, the the mental stuff that you've put up with. And you're like, wow, like this is this is not healthy. 
Um, you know, so you really mm -hmm. got to have a group of friends that are outside of comedy that you hang out with that are normal and have like real lives. So you can tap into them for material, but you can also have some sanity uh, there because mm. like we're all in the crazy train and without a benchmark to say, hey, guys, you know what? That's actually not normal. <laughs> like you know, yeah. then we're all g going off the cliff, you know. And so you have to have friends that that care about you and that you know call you out if it's like, dude, what are you doing, man? Like you got to get a hold of yourself, or like just in life or whatever. And uh, it's easy to chase this this never ending uh, fame or whatever it is that that you're you're you think you're chasing, mm -hmm. and um, you know, but do it for you and do it, do it for as long as it makes you happy. Even if you suck, who cares? Like just, it brings you joy and you enjoy doing comedy, then do it, you know, but, but also be real and, and, and your expectation, it's like people like golf and, and they're not, they don't practice. They don't, they don't even try. They don't watch th their swing. They don't. And then they get mad at how bad they are. It's like, dude, you're not even trying. So like, like yeah. if, if you're not trying to learn comedy or trying to learn the craft or trying to get better or writing, uh, you know, on a regular basis, then shut up about mm. where you are in comedy and, and, and how it's everyone else's fault that you're not successful. It's no, it's, it's, it's you, it's, it's your fault. And, you know, like you find, find your place, find your audience, get out there, do it. Be like, you know what? That's not my place. I'm not doing that again all right, you learned, you know, and, uh, and just use comedy. The only comedy is you, uh, no matter what venue you're doing or where you're at in this, you know, and you do have to take some lumps and pay your dues early, but you know, you don't, you don't have to completely sell out who you are and what, what it is that you want to get out of this and what you want to do. You know, yeah. remember you've, we've, we've all got a little dick inside of us. Uh, exactly. <laughs> Or, or um, still outside either yeah, way yeah, like whatever <laughs> in and around <laughs> <laughs> like bunches of them like yeah just yeah. all over just <laughs> right right just surrounded by uh uh <laughs> nypd detectives that's what we're talking about that's what we're talking about um just real quick you have a um you have a, an angle on your on your keynotes uh, on your program um and, and it is you know the the how your hobbies, your passions uh, influence and improve the way you perform at work and improve your relationships and so on. Um, how does one, because when it comes to speaking, you need to have that central message that everything else revolves around. Yeah. Would you compare that to finding your voice as a comedian? And then how, yeah. does, how does finding your voice as a comic translate into putting together a message as a, as a speaker? That's a really great parallel that only people listening to this podcast will get from people that ask me those questions of, well, how do you find your message? And well, it's like finding your voice. Oh, you don't know. Never mind. Um, and so, you know, it, it is, it's, it's not easy. You, you try different things. I mean, when I was new, I mean, I had the mic in the stand. I mean, I was, my feet were, might've well been made of concrete blocks. Like I <laughs> was not a performer and there's a performer and a writer and the balance in the middle is the best. Um, I was very much from the writing side and not at all from the performing side. And then the pendulum swung too far this way to the performing side. And I'm 6'3 and long skinny arms. And it was almost like those- You're 6'3? Yeah. So it's like those <laughs> car sales 
you know, those used car yeah, lot yeah. things yeah. where if I'm like <laughs> way performing and people are like, Whoa, dude, like you're coming at me. <laughs> and so, so, you know, then, then, then you just kind of, all right, like gravity sort of run its course and you find your pendulum where your, your, your equilibrium yeah. of where it should be. And, and it's very similar to when you, when you go to the corporate world, like you, like when you, when you're a speaker, like they're not hiring you for the funny, the funny's like and uh, the whipped cream and cherry on top. Like, that's awesome. Like, but we ordered cake. So we need cake. And then there's an ROI to why they're having this meeting and you know, the, the return on the investment, if they're going to give you a couple thousand bucks or 10, um, then you need to be good and you need to have them thinking differently and working differently and behaving differently afterwards, or at least like thinking about it differently. And you can't just go up and be funny and, and the motivational stuff doesn't work anymore. You can't just go up and rah, rah, here's an acronym of how to approach your day. Cause no one cares. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, and so, so it's, it's really gotta be like, and for me personally, it's gotta be my story. Like it's gotta be something that I've done. It's, it's, but it's not like I climbed a mountain and you can climb the mountain too. No, I'm not <laughs> like, I do not need a, a face, an oxygen mask to work in my cubicle. Like yeah. I do not need that. Like that is not how this works. <laughs> and so for me, it was very much like, and it was, it just was my story and of having a guy remember me 12 years after I left that corporate office in St. Louis, I'm speaking at this conference and he's like, I know John Garrett. That's the guy who did comedy at night. And this was a guy who I never even met or worked with. Like I never, I don't know Mark mm-hmm. at all. And so, um, so for me, it just happened to come out that way, but like really mine your life and look at things that you've gone through and things that you've done and, you know, look at what companies are hiring for speakers or is it change management? Is it leadership? Is it something that you can tap into your story and your background to, to bring some of that? I mean, a lot of it's going to be research done by other people that you, you then, you know, begin to get, but, but then the, the funny is always in there, you know, and for me, it just works out perfectly because my and was stand up, And mm-hmm. also this message hurts people because I'm telling you that your degree and those certifications and all that stuff that you think is your identity is not um, your identity is so many other dimensions to who you are as a person. And that hurts people because they've spent the last decades uh putting all the eggs in that basket so wrapping it in funny is almost necessary so it mm-hmm. it, it it was an accidental uh perfect storm i guess of why it, it 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 came out that way but you can certainly you know um you know you know find there's plenty of other ways to do that but it does take time and you have to be patient and it's exactly like finding your voice and you don't know until you uh, cross the line and then you're like, okay, well, that's where the line is. I didn't know. Um, and then over here, that's where that line is. And, and then eventually you've built your sandbox that you can go play in and then it's fantastic, but it's, but it's, it's scary to know where the boundary to find out where the boundaries are. Um, but yeah, it's exactly like finding your voice and it takes probably just as long, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, that five to seven year type of thing. Oh yeah. I'm coming up on seven, my, my seventh year speaking. So, uh, yeah. and, and last year I would say I figured out like what the core 
of who I am and what of my message is. Like I started, you know, I'm a motivational speaker. I'm going to help people be happy at work because happiness drives success, not the other way around. And it's like, yeah, but everybody has that message. Right. Like, so, right. so it was just a matter of, of narrowing, narrowing it down and going through and doing characters. Your story. And, yeah, right. exactly. So rather than bringing out these characters as examples, now most of my stories are about how those characters sucked. <laughs> and like, and, and, and the whole message is, is around, you know, like using that's, humor, like being able to laugh at yourself. Awesome. Uh, that's, that's how Steve, that's how we're going to get Steve into corporate. Yeah. Steve, you just go up and just like, just crap on all of David's like characters. And then just <laughs> laughing. You're telling them, you're telling uh, your, your clients that this thing that they built themselves up as for years, like they introduced themselves like, hi, I'm Mark. CPA and like, right. you know, and it's like, no, that's not who you are as a person. I, I throw rocks at them hard. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you you got to wrap it in that, in that candy coating. Yeah, exactly. But had I not done so much stand up, I would be scared of what's going to happen when I come at them a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it's not coming at them straight on, you know, like, but it's in like a 45 degree angle. So, you know, yeah. you're not just like, you know, looking for a fight but uh but yeah i mean it's uh yeah it's it's certainly something that you just figure out over time the, uh, if it's something you want to do yeah yeah and and that then you make another interesting point there too is you know you might not be edgy you know your material might not be edgy or offensive but the framing of what's edgy and offensive changes depending on your audience so telling them like this you have this uplifting message that no you're not you're not who you've been telling people you are like that comes as an attack like that comic was attacking me or sit stand up and yeah. sit down like that com- you know he was attacking yeah. me like you yeah. ha- you have to be wary of those sensibilities well especially today I mean, I don't, I can't even imagine going into a comedy club and doing a show today. Like, I mean, I just can't like, I mean, we're triggered at everything. I mean, literally everything. Like, I can't believe you're drinking that brand of water from stage. Like I'm leaving. It's like, I mean, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even be surprised if that's happened, you know, where you're like, I don't even know. Well, the, uh, the COO, uh, went on a trip and shot a rhino and I, what I'm drinking water that the club gave me. Like, what are you Mm -hmm. talking about right now, lady? Like why? And you know, it's just, it's just crazy. And so, um, yeah. So, I mean, you know, you, you just got to stick to your guns and do your thing and, um, yeah. I mean, it's, it's hard and you got to do it for the love. Mm-hmm. And even in the corporate, you know, it's, it's not easy. Uh, if anything, the, the high wire is now higher because they're giving you more money and they want a return on that. So, you know, uh, you better, better be good. Um, yeah. or they'll cancel you in advance. <laughs> like, <laughs> happen to David. No, but yeah. it's, uh, I'll get canceled it, some way or another. Yeah. Yeah, Exactly. No, I guess just... I have been canceled, haven't I? <laughs> I did it, you guys. That's that means you made it, man. Yeah, that means you made Woo. it. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's it's a uh, it's a crazy world that we live in now, and it's it's insane because we have so much more in common than we do not, and yet we don't focus on that stuff. Right. Oh, hundred percent, a hundred percent. I think that's. I was actually listening to an interview with Sarah Silverman uh, on Andrew Yang's podcast, and yeah. that was like her message. She was like, because she had that show where she went around to to like and right. visited people in different parts of the country and like asked them questions and like yeah. you know, and 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 that's the thing is like you can connect with any audience. You just got to find that common ground. Like everybody yeah. wants similar things. Everybody you know, has a family or likes sports or you know has eaten a burger or whatever. Like you just start there, and then you can. Yeah. To work outward. 
Yeah, no, that's exactly it. And then you just say, it's what, what do you want to get out of it? And why, why are you doing comedy? And what do you, what do you want to have happen? I mean, because yeah. you're basically taking the audience on a ride. Mm-hmm. So what kind of ride do you want to take them on, mm-hmm. you know, and then, uh, and then go do that, you know? And, uh, and I guess just the business side of me, <clears throat> just, you know, having, graduate from Notre Dame with a business degree and having worked in the business world. And, you know, at the time when I was doing comedy starting out is I was very business oriented and, you know, okay, well, if you have a product that you can sell for a hundred dollars or you have a product that you can sell for $3,000, why would you not make more of the $3,000 products? You know? And so I was very much just like, okay, well, I'll just do that. And then it just happened to align with who I was anyway and, you know, the kind of comedy I was doing. So, you know, but if it's not for you, then it's not for you. And who cares? Mm-hmm. You know, like, and, uh, and that's great. Yeah. And that, that, that kind of applies to, to, uh, I mean, you're going to get different audiences. Like you said, you know, perform in as many places as you can um, and know wh- where you want to go back to, who your people are. Uh, yeah. But but it is good to get on stage and adapt your material. I mean, when we talk about Regan and Gaffigan, you watch them, you don't even think about that they're being clean because that's right. how strong their writing is. Yeah. That's how strong their performing is. Yeah. So don't and look at like being clean as as like a like a negative crutch. Yeah. Like that's what I hate is when someone introduces themselves as well, I'm a clean comedian. Shut up. You're a comedian. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't care. Right. Like I'm a church comedian. I'm a Christian comedian. I'm a, what? no, you're a comedian. Like you, you, there's no labels here. Mm-hmm. Like there's no, you're just a comedian. Are you funny? Great. Now go like yeah. you're yeah. up, you know? And if you're not, then you're not, then you're not a comedian. Like don't, don't use clean or Christian or, or whatever as before comedian as mm-hmm. a crutch to basically say, I'm not a very good comedian. Yeah. Yeah. That's like, a good point. That's, yeah. that's what that label tells me is you're hiding behind that and no just go be good like right. you're a comedian just go go do it mm-hmm. you know and and yeah sure i mean it, it is very hard if not impossible to follow uh somebody that's very very dirty uh it's just a psychological thing once once someone in front of you goes very dirty it's it takes a very strong comedian to get that audience back to not that mm-hmm. um but uh, but otherwise, for the most part, I mean, comedians are plus or minus in the safe range. So, I mean, like, it's not so dirty where it's like, I don't even know what's going on right now. <laughs> like, you yeah. know, and that doesn't happen very often. So the next comedian comes up, new comedian, fresh start. Here we go. And boom. And, you know, you, it's just uh, if you're funny, then you're funny. You're a comedian. Like, quit using labels. Like, I hate that. Mm-hmm. I really do. I forgot about how much I hated that. Humorist. Like, oh, humorist yeah like what are you mark twain yeah (laughs) like like a humorist is gonna make you they're gonna do like two hours and then you're gonna smile like four times yeah like you might go huh like once (laughs) you know but it's enjoyable you yeah i'm smiling the whole time like i I love this um but but and that's why like when i started like national speakers association stuff and people are like oh so you're a humorist i'm like ah i'm gonna throw up like i'm gonna throw up like legit, like, yeah. no, I am not. Like I have done too many shows and done too much to, to know, like, that's not happening. I'm a comedian and, or like a corporate, well, I mean, whatever you want to call me, but I'm a comedian. Like I'm funny. Right. So you get that. I mean, they're buying you entertaining the audience that they're having such a good time that they buy drinks. 
because mm-hmm. that's what the margin is. Mm-hmm. So, people, some people spend too much time making the barrel and not enough time perfecting the wine. Sometimes that's, that's like a, a thing too, but I think it's you need both. And yeah, but the wine you, is very important. <laughs> right. And it's it's hard because you're building the barrel as the wine's being poured in. So yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like it's a little bit tricky. But that's yeah, that's yeah. a that's a good that's a good analogy, Steve. And making sure. all the wine, it's like where where am I gonna put all this? <laughs> right. Yeah. Or who's going to eventually buy this wine? Because if it just sits in the barrel, then yeah. it just goes bad. And yeah, you got to sell it. You got there's the business that yeah, all t- yeah. on top of just yeah, yeah building some sort of infrastructure for you. And it's yeah. wine. Like I mean, like some some wines three dollars at Trader Joe's, and some wine is you know five hundred dollars at a nice restaurant. And it's still the same. I mean, it's wine. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and then you get a sommelier who comes in and is like this is what I think of the wine and I'm not, you know, and then I, you've got a lot of people who can't tell the difference. Yeah. Yeah. When this is an amazing the- parallel. <laughs> I mean, just yeah. keep going. Steve, yeah. Steve, I think you have a keynote now. And then you can use my picture as like the $3 wine. You'd be yeah. like, for yeah. instance, some people are this. And then, yeah. and then you have like, no, it's, that's, that's exactly it. You know, I smashed this with my own feet. Okay. <laughs> 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 right this is an old That's country right. recipe <laughs> right but the boons isn't boons farm wasn't that the maybe that was just that's classy yeah that's cool. your three dollar yeah. yeah 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 it's, it's, it, and, and it <laughs> also matters what 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 soil it was grown in and where what elevation and the angle and the you know, weather that season yeah <laughs> There's a lot that goes into comedy. I'm not a comedian. I'm a vintner. Okay. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. That's Steve, awesome. Steve, yeah. do you have uh, do you have anything else you want to throw in? Any questions or added insights? Uh, no. No, I don't. All right. <laughs> I hate he, when you uh, put me on like, the spot. I- you put me on the spot, and so I'm not ready. And I'm like, I don't know. Oh, time's I know. ticking. I, I love doing it. I love doing it. This is how we close every episode. I time's ticking. Yeah, John. Uh-huh. Any advice for a comedian, uh, a comic who uh, is thinking of broadening their horizons and diving into the corporate game? Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, my my thing. Whenever people are like, "Do you have any advice?" is just don't take advice that you don't agree with. Um, like if it's not for you, it's not for you and be like, well, take it from who it's from. Um, so, you know, uh, and, and if everything we've said tonight isn't for you, if you're, you know, like Steve, where you're almost like cringing at all of these stories, um, then, you know, just, (laughs) just don't do it. It's not for you, you know, but if it, if you, if you want to try it, uh, you, you don't know if it's not for you unless you give it a go. Um, uh, oh, maybe not. If you're Steve, then you know for sure it's not for you. But like if, if it's everybody else, then, you know, just give it a go and just be aware that it, corporate is different. It's totally different than comedy clubs like we covered earlier. And just know it's different. Uh, do a little bit of homework and understand that them uh, kind of half laughing is you killing. Um, so, you know, there's that. So, uh, you know, and, and if it, if it doesn't work, then, and then call up David and then, uh, I, you never heard of me. So like it's, <laughs> no, but, but give it a go and just understand that it's different. It's totally different in how you approach it, how you do it, how they are like, there's so many different dynamics. So just, just understand that it might take, you know, more than one to really 
have an understanding of what it's like. Any, uh, any plugs, any, uh, you know, where can we find you? Social media? Are you active? Um, website, things like that. Yeah. I mean, Twitter, uh, I mean, I do a lot of corporates or LinkedIn, um, as well. I mean, I guess there's Facebook, but yeah, I mean, what's your and.com is, is where a lot of that happens. I do some music video parodies. So that's actually pretty funny. That's how I still exercise that, uh, creative funny side, um, as well. Um, and that's also a good way to reach out to the corporates. So then they get a sense of my humor as well as, uh, it's fun for them, you know? Mm-hmm. So, uh, so yeah, I just appreciate coming on and being able to, um, you know, encourage people along their journey, you know, and we're all in a different lane and doing it at different rates. So, you know, don't look side to side like just run your, run your race. And, that's uh, the best. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it's so easy to, to get caught up in that. So that's oh, yeah. always welcome advice for sure. And, and if somebody's, uh, and so this, this used to happen. And this is when I realized like I'm running my race, like somebody would be in uh loony bin in little rock, Arkansas. And I'm like, how the hell did he get? Oh, you know what? I don't want to do that. Yeah. So you can do all of them. That's fine. <laughs> like I'm, I'm okay with that. You know? So, so if you see people doing things like, uh, good for them, you know, and, and celebrate that, um, be like, you know, Hey, that's awesome. Kudos. You know, mm-hmm. you don't, uh, you know, they're doing their race and you're doing yours. And I feel like in comedy, especially if there was more encouragement, more uh, people lifting each other up, like, I think you would all get better uh, faster. Yeah. Absolutely. For sure. mm-hmm. That's, that's a great point. There's enough for everybody. <laughs> totally. I mean, there's yeah. enough. And now with the internet, especially there's so many shows out there. And, and I mean, there's what, four, or five late night TV shows. Like, you know, there's Stephen Colbert, there's Fallon, there's uh, Corden, there's uh, um, Jimmy Kimmel. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. And and Seth Meyers. And I mean, are you telling me that there's only one winner now? I I just counted off so many. I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, Chelsea Handler used to have her show. Like, I mean, there's all that. So, you know, there's, there's a lot of winners and then there's people that write for them and there's, you know, so it's, it's, it doesn't, it doesn't hurt to, uh, to, to have friends that encourage each other and even just encouraging other people. Like, don't be so negative about it. It's dumb. Mm-hmm. It's not enough yeah. money to fight over. Stupid. <laughs> right. And, that, and don't that... steal jokes. Don't steal jokes. Straight up. Yeah, don't, don't steal jokes. Yeah. Don't do like, that. Do not. 100%. No. So. Well, well, thank you for, uh, for joining the podcast and helping us prove that, uh, you know, no matter how thrown out you feel by the the stand up comedy world, no matter how uh, how many church going women in Florida you offend, <laughs> <laughs> you can laugh at that. Exactly. Thanks, guys. And, and you can la- laugh at man. this. <laughs> nice. <laughs> that is nice. Detective Dick Ransom. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand why you don't keep doing that. Special thanks to Gold Knox Studio. You can find Gold Knox Studio for all your podcasting needs at goldenoxstudio.com. Uh, hit up Jeremy. He is fantastic to work with, professional. Uh, he makes podcasting easy. And uh, if, you're, if you've been kicking the tires on starting your own podcast, definitely give Gold Knox Studio a look. If you'd like to weigh in on today's topic, follow us on Twitter at You Can't Laugh Pod or like us on Facebook at You Can't Laugh at That and tell us 
how you did laugh at today's topic or how you didn't. This is all about the conversation, is what I'm saying. All right. Bye.